there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. I want to bring a message this morning entitled Storms, Shipwrecks, and Snake Bites. Storms, Shipwrecks, and Snake Bites. I stole the title of this message uh, from a a, a fellow preacher friend um, that uh, is just absolutely phenomenal. And I stole this title because it spoke exactly to what it is that God was speaking to me. And I wanted to share this kind of thought with you because I believe the church is going through one of these times of storms, shipwrecks, and snake bites. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you have to go through storms, shipwrecks, and snake bites to arrive to your destination. There's a last day call that God is calling each of us to, and I want to be very clear. He's calling every single one of us in this room. He's calling you to respond to exactly what it is he wants you to do. But here's what I want you to understand. He's calling you to a distinctive and clear call to follow him. Because the world has a way of trying to convince you that your way is always the best way. Hello? The problem is that it's never the best way. Because I've tried my way many times, and it's pretty bad sometimes. It doesn't always work out. No matter what we decide for ourselves, we have to trust in him. Can I get somebody to say amen on that one? We need to trust God's agenda. We have to trust God's agenda. But here's the thing. We as believers have to be thick-skinned in this day and age in which we live. I want to tell you, we're living in a day where storms, shipwrecks, and snake bites are going to be normal. They're going to be normal. And so we as believers must have the skin to be able to take exactly what it is that God is allowing us and giving us the strength to take so that we can follow through everything he wants us to follow through. Now listen, this message is going to be both stinging and unpopular in some ways, but in other ways it's going to be the most encouraging thing you heard all week. And I take a mixture of that if I'm going to get encouraged. And here's their encouragement. You were not the first and you were not the last. You're not the only one. That feels like there are storms. That feels like there are shipwrecks. And you're in the middle of the island. Right? Some of you thought you were on a tour. A three-hour tour. Right? But you ended up in an island that you could never get off of. And somehow the Harlem Globetrotters got on there. Never mind. Some of you, only a few got there. Only a few understand what I'm talking about. Seven of us. Okay. That shipwreck, that moment where everything's... But but we look at that. We go, man, am I the only one on this island? I'm telling you, you're not the only one on the island. I'll get to a a little bit more about each individual one for a moment. But I want to tell you, here's the problem. Most of us, the problem with many believers today is that we're more concerned about non-believers acting like non-believers than we are about Christians not acting like Christians. I'm going to let it sit for a minute. 
Some of y'all get very upset about non-believers acting like non-believers and you don't get upset about Christians not being Christian-like. What do you expect non-believers to act like? What do you expect non-Bible-believing people to act like? It shouldn't shock you. When you turn on the news, friends, why does it shock us? That a world that has kicked out God is doing what they're doing. I'm more concerned with the Christians that have kicked out God. That the Christians that have kicked out God and are believing and following a mission statement that has nothing to do with the Bible. Following a vision that it has nothing to do with scripture. Open your eyes, believers, hear me when I'm telling you that God has a vision for your life. And if you don't realize that there are storms and shipwrecks and snake bites involved in that trip, if there's no opposition, it's not God's will. Because God's will always comes with one of these, if not all of them, sometimes they're like, man, it's every day. One is a storm, next day is a shipwreck. You know what I'm talking about? Give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about. Give me a, I just want to know. Hello to you too. How you doing, Mike? Allow me a few moments to bring the scripture to you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there for a moment. 2 Corinthians, in fact, I don't even have it on the screen. I just have the reference. That'll force you to bring your Bible next time. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read a passage of scripture. I need you to follow along with me. Who's with me? Say yeah. yeah. 2 Corinthians 11, it reads like this. And it just blows my mind as to what we're about to read here. Are you ready? Again, I say, don't think that I'm a fool to talk like this. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. But even if you do, listen to me as you do, oh, excuse me, as you would to a foolish person. While I also boast a little, such boasting is not from the Lord, but I am acting like a fool. And since others boast about their human achievements, I will too. This is interesting. Watch what he says here. After all, you think you are wise, but you enjoy putting up with fools. You put up with it when someone else enslaves you. Did you hear that? Paul's saying, you put up with fools. You put up with people that try to enslave you. Takes everything you have, takes advantage of you, takes control of everything, slaps you in the face. This is a New Living Translation, by the way. If you have King James, it probably doesn't say it like that. Maybe it says slappeth. Verse 21. I am ashamed to say that we've been too weak to do that. Church. It's time to get thick skin and start realizing you were, you were wired to fight. You were wired to pray. You were wired and built. Look at me. You were wired for the storm. You were built for the shipwreck. You were made to get bit. And you were going to be all right. Let me go on. But whatever they dare to boast about, I'm talking like a fool again. I dare to boast about it too. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have, but I have served him far more. This is Paul talking. 
You better listen to this. This is good. I have worked harder, been in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Jesus took one. Paul took five. This man has been through it. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. That's a, I stopped going on ships. First time, okay, that's a given. Like, anything can happen. Three times, stop it. Stop going on ships. But Paul had a mission. Come on, somebody. He had a mission. Once I spent the whole night and the day adrift at the sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and robbers. Rivers and robbers, hello. Those are two things that don't always go together. And then if you get robbed by the river, that's even worse. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as the Gentiles. So even the people that can't get along, they get along because they're beating me up at the same time. I have faced dangers in the cities, in the deserts, in the seas. I have faced hard and long, enduring, sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, have gotten without food, and I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Are you ready for verse 28? Then besides all of this, I have the daily burden of my concern for the churches. That is exactly why, all of them, that is exactly why he did all of these things that I just read. For the churches. Why? Because the people of God matter. If you got a pulse, my friend, you matter. You matter to me, you matter to this leadership, and you matter to God. Paul, did you hear that resume that I just read to you? Can you imagine giving in a resume like that? So, where you been, Paul? Oh, well, let me tell you. Because that's exa- isn't that what a, a, a resume is? It, isn't it a highlight reel of all the good things you can do? Think about it. All the good things that you've done. I worked on this and I have this skill and that skill and this skill. Paul says, I have great skills. I've been whipped three times. Five times, actually, I think it was. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Shipwrecked three times. We talked about that. Let me tell you something. He goes on and on. What a resume. What am I talking about? I'm telling you he did all this because he realized that no matter what, even if I'm storming in the middle of the storm, shipwrecked and snake bitten, I am called of God on a mission. No matter what it is that you're going through in your life, you are called of God for this mission. Stop saying to yourself, I can't do this. Stop telling yourself my family can go through, we can't go through any more of this. I don't like the feeling that we're feeling right now. I don't like it. I don't like turning on the news and having to turn it off because I'm so frustrated, so angry at what people are doing. I get that. I've been there. But can I tell you something? You were born for this. You were born for this time. You can endure it. So what am I telling you? Following Jesus isn't easy, it's rarely convenient, and it is for sure not comfortable. 
But it seems like out on every turn, God is being undermined in every turn. And then we wonder why God is even pushed in America. Well, he's being pushed away. It's the church's responsibility to say, you can't push him out of my heart. You can't push him out of me. I have to stand firm. Are you ready? So what am I talking about? To endure the storms, I want to tell you this. To endure the storms, the shipwrecks, and the snake bites, we must be bold. But in order to be kingdom bold, I need to tell you a statement, and we're going to put it up in the screen in a moment. Boldness without brokenness is arrogance. Boldness without brokenness is arrogance. I can be bold, but if I'm not broken, guess who takes all the credit? But if I'm bold and I stand up for God and I'm broken on the inside and God uses me and I say, yes, Lord. What does brokenness mean? It means you're willing to say, okay, God, you win. I don't know how else to tell you what brokenness is right now at this moment. I'm telling you, brokenness says, God, you win. I surrender. So what am I saying? I'm saying boldness without surrender is arrogance. Because there's a lot of bold people in this world. How many know somebody that's bold? Don't point. Don't point. Just hold your hand up. How many know somebody bold? Right? No pointing at your spouse especially. Don't do that. Well, listen, arrogance never builds God's kingdom. You realize that God suppressed the arrogant, but he gives grace to the... Are you hearing that? Fathers, look at me. Fathers, God is waiting for you to advance the kingdom in your home. Mothers, God is waiting for you to advance the kingdom in your home. Christians, God is waiting for you to advance the kingdom in your homes, communities, and our workplaces. The church of Jesus Christ is under attack. I'm realizing that. I'm understanding that. Who better to look at their life and say, man, I want to be like Saul. When I, when I read that resume, I don't feel like I want to be like Saul. You know why? Because I, I grew up in this Christianity that tells me God wants to bless me because I'm so special that all he wants to do is bless me. He never wants to correct me and he never wants to get me right and he never called, he never would want me to, you know, just repent, just be, just be in the blessing only. But guess what? That's not, that's an American version of Christianity that has nothing to do with the Bible. Are you hearing me? The Bible has a series of storms and shipwrecks and snake bites. And let me jump into that for a moment because you realize that when Paul, at the time he was Saul, he went on his mission and then he had a S-O-N, a son encounter. Right? He had an encounter with the son and he was radically changed. And all of a sudden, what seemed to be the church's greatest enemy became the church's greatest ally. He went on to write two-thirds of the New Testament in so much that he became a very integral part of the New Testament. This man that used to persecute and was the visionary behind stoning Stephen. This man. The one that watched 
the apostle Stephen gets stoned before his very eyes. That right there and then, God said, you've seen enough. And I've seen enough. And God had an encounter and changed his life. And that man, who was a threat, is now the greatest ally of the church. So what am I talking about? Let me tell you this real quickly. Number one, the storms that we go through our lives. Storms are those times you go places. And you're like, what is going on around me? Everybody say, around me. You go through storms and they happen around you. They happen around you. I don't know who's been through a storm in this room, but I'm telling you right now, God is in the eye of the storm with you. He's in the middle of the storm with you. And I look at Paul and I go, wow. If you're talking about someone that's been through storms, this man has been through storms. Not just figurative ones, like real ones. Hello? He'd been through some storms. Let's talk about shipwrecks for a moment. He'd been through some shipwrecks. See, when Saul later became Paul, he went to the island called Malta. Paul was shipwrecked in Malta. And in fact, they now, some people refer to it as Paul's Island. Right? Isn't that cute though? Like we look back in history and go, wow, man. The guy is amazing. What a hero. We can look back and go, that, now they named the island after him. One day I'm going to go to Tony's Island. Like, I want to get an island named after me. I'll be lucky if I get a street named after me. Right? But this guy's got a whole island. Like, how cool is that? Paul's Island. Can I tell you something? Paul didn't like Paul's Island. Because you never liked the place you've been shipwrecked. The very place he hated was a place they named after him. The very place he went through trial and torture. He never liked it. There are very few things he likes about the island he's shipwrecked on. You're not supposed to like what you're going through. God never said, thank me for the struggles. No, he said, thank me through the struggles. There's a very different uh, connotation there, right? So the, the trial that you're going through, you're not supposed to like it, but you're built for it. You're wired for it. God made you for it. Stop telling yourself you can't. Can't is a four-letter word that is not allowed in my household. I tell my kids every time I hear it, I say, I don't like that word. Don't tell me you can't. I know you can't. Or I wouldn't have asked you to do it. Parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? You ever ask your kid to do something? They're like, oh, uh, Dad, I can't. First of all, it's picking up a sock that is literally three inches from your foot. Revival. Parents are like, preach it, Pastor Tony. That is, come on, Pastor Tony, preach that truth. My kids are here. Are you listening? Wake up, Jerry. They're talking about our kids. Go on, Pastor. Dad, I can't. Stop saying can't and pick it up now. It's right there. You're closer than I am. 
Where do I put it? The hamper, dude. Talk about storms. Oh, persecution. Where's the hamper? This is such a tribulation. Stop learning those words. That's not what that means. It's not what the biblical term for. <laughs> you ever had a kid totally exaggerate? You're like, really? Is that what we're doing now? I bet Paul was sitting on his island. Media team, follow me a little bit. I bet Paul was sitting on his island at times. Can I be honest with you? He's probably sitting on his island going, this is horrible. I don't like this. This is not what I signed up for. He met me on a road, shined his light on me, knocked me off my horse, and then I land in Malta, which I used to drink Malta when I was a kid. A lot of Hispanics know what I'm talking about. He landed on Malta, and now all of a sudden, he's in the middle of this shipwreck situation. But years down the line, we look at it and go, oh, man, that's Paul's island. You know, my wife and I got a chance to go to Rome and uh, got a chance to see Peter and Paul's prison. And that was the best part of going to Rome. I love the Colosseum. I love all but seeing where Pete, where, where Paul and Peter were in prison. It's amazing. I was in awe of it. Guess who was not in awe of it? Peter and Paul. Can I tell you something? Your shipwreck moment doesn't look like it's the best situation, and it's probably not. But can I tell you, you are built for this. Come on, say this with me. Say, I was built for this. Paul was shipwrecked three times. Look at verse 25. He was shipwrecked three times. He didn't know the long-term effects of his shipwrecks. He didn't know that down the line he would be the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. You don't know what destiny you're creating by enduring the shipwreck. Third thing I want to tell you is the snake bite. Snake bite. If we look at Acts 28, let's look there for a quick moment. Can we turn there? Who's got their book of Acts going? Book of Acts 28. Let's look at this. We're going to wrap this up in just a moment, but, but I need to tell you this. This is huge. Acts 28 verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read it real quickly. Watch this. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built the fire and welcomed us because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and he put it in the fire. Now watch this. He's throwing this into the fire, right? A viper driven out by the heat fastened itself in his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. Can I tell you something? Don't believe everybody's story of you when something goes wrong. Even though he was a murderer at one point. 
That's not his present story. Just because it was your former narrative doesn't mean it's your present narrative. This is for, that's for somebody in this room. Just because you were doesn't mean you are. I don't care what you were before. It does not matter what you were before. I'm telling you, God has a different narrative for you. Let me go on. When the islanders saw that the snake was hanging from the tent, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Justice has been served. That person is a sinner because they're sick. No, no, they're sick because they got sick. Doesn't always have to do with sin or a mistake. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered, watch this, no ill effects. Somebody say, shake it off. He was putting wood in the fire. He was putting it and fueling it up. And the snake jumps out, bites him. People go, oh no, he didn't. He is a sinner. That's how they said it. I'm pretty sure. No? Wrong Bible. Okay. So, okay. True story though. They, that snake fastened itself into his, his hand. And at that point... Paul shook it off. But here's the best part. Are you ready? Somebody say yeah. yeah. So here it says, the people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their mind and they said the direct opposite. You ready? He's a god. <laughs> people flip-flop, don't they? Why does circumstance cause people to flip-flop in your situation? Can I tell you something? Because they're not God. And they, their opinion of you will change. And listen, I put my faith in the Lord my God because my God's mind is set on who I am, built on his character, not my present circumstance. So no matter what storm, shipwreck, or snake bite, it doesn't matter what people say of us, but it does matter that God has declared us his. And because we're his, you too can shake it off. You too can shake it off. And there are times that we, we stand and we go, there's no way I'm going to shake this. Times you got to look in the, the eye of the viper and say, shake it off, Tony, once and for all. Shake it off. Tell yourself, shake it off. Come on, tell your neighbor, shake it off. Whatever it is you're going through, tell your other neighbor, the one that you thought was second worth telling. Tell him, shake it off. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because there's always going to be something jumping out of a fire. You can spend your whole life putting out fires or following Jesus, setting them. You could spend your whole life turn, shutting off fires, trying to please everybody. Oh, you don't feel good? Okay, let me make you feel good. And then you don't feel good? Let me make you feel Or you can go with God and start setting fires in hearts. You know what God called my wife and I to set fires in hearts and homes all across America. And you know how it starts? It starts by being obedient and loving every person we come in contact with. Do we love them like our own child? Let God do that. My job is to love them with the gospel. 
and share with them. And if they don't like it, you know what I have to do? Move on. You know what the problem is? A lot of people get caught in the shipwreck and they stay there. Even though there's ships to pick them up. They're like, woe is me. You have a chance to get on. I don't know. I don't feel like it. Because I've had so many storms and struggles. God is like, I'm going to get you off this island. Everything you went through was to teach you something. Did I want that for you? I don't know that God wants everything you go through. Sometimes it's just bad decision. Raise your hand if you ever made a bad decision and you paid for it. <laughs> Revival happening right now. It's amazing. Look at this room. It's amazing. Everybody got Pentecostal all of a sudden. Amazing. Amazing. Storms, shipwrecks, and snake bites. We've all been through them, but you were built for this. Shake it off. You were built for this. Shake it off. A man who had been bitten by a rattlesnake was rushed to the hospital when he asked the doctor, is it life-threatening? The doctor said, the bite isn't, but the poison is. Some of y'all think the bite is the poison. The bite is what you feel. The poison is what you don't. The poison is the dangerous thing you need to watch out for. You know what? Somebody, somebody in this room was wronged by someone. You were wronged by someone. That's the bite. You know what the poison is? Not the act. The bitterness that stays in your heart. Amen. That's the poison. So there's some of you that have been in your, uh, in your life, you've been battling with snake bites your whole life. You didn't realize it's not the snake bite you're trying to protect yourself from. Protect yourself from the poison. Because that poison will linger underneath when you don't see it. And it'll mess you up. That bitterness, that stuff. Listen, there's always going to be stuff biting at you in your faith. Amen? There's always going to be stuff happening. But you got to shake it off today. And you got to decide that it is he who will stand with you. And he who will deliver you. I'm going to say this last story and we're going to close in a moment. The Arkansas River which begins in Leadville, Colorado, snakes through the mountains for over 152 miles. I got a picture of it here. For over 152 miles with the elevation drop of 4,650 feet. This Arkansas River found in, uh, there is is an amazing resource of water and I'll tell you why the force and its constant movement of water slowly rubs through the walls of the canyons eroding away the rock and cutting the canyon deeper and deeper and deeper every year water water is cutting through a mountain every single day and what I'm saying is that if you allow the storms, the shipwrecks, and the snake bites, look at me, if you allow those things to settle in your heart, you're not going to be able to be used by God because that bitterness will always be there. Don't let that trickling effect mess with your heart, mess with your life. And just like that body of water, consistent flow of bitterness in your heart will cause a consistent flow of inability to see God's will unfold in your life.
deeper and deeper every year, that river continues to cut and cut and cut. It's just water. But the consistency is what makes it cut. Can I turn this around for the positive for a moment? Because what if you were obedient every day of your life to the word of God? Imagine what you can accomplish on the other end. If you continue to do and be obedient, if you continue to make this your vision statement, get off of Facebook and put your face in the book. You want to know how to get past this? I know it sounds like a bumper sticker. I get it. But the truth is very true, isn't it? to check my heart my spirit because I can get very discouraged easily I'm a kind and I'm a kind person I try to help people as I gave my life to this work I gave my life to this and it's hard when you want to help people more than they want to be helped that's that's grueling when you want to help somebody more than they want to be helped it's grueling but I have to remember that water in Arkansas. But the only reason it does what it's able to do is because it stays consistent. So I have to consistently have the right things in my life flowing so that I can do the right thing. Amen. All across this room, would you do me a favor? Just bow your heads for a moment. I'm going to close in prayer just a moment. But I, I have to ask you one more question. And here it is. Will you press on through your trial? Will you shake it off and say, you know what? I know I've been through. I'm not trying. Listen, church, hear me. And just with your eyes closed and head bowed, whatever that looks like to you. Hear me. I'm not trying to say what you're going through is not tough. I'm telling you, it is. It is. It is. It's very tough. It's grueling at times. But I'm telling you, you were made to get through it. You were tailor-made to be strong. You were tailor-made to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, overcome. You will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's God's job. And the word of our testimony, that's your job. His power, your tongue. You can overcome. And today, whatever viper comes out of whatever fire, and everybody has their say, shake it off. And watch them watch you. And they say, wow, this person is not normal. Amen? Father, I'm asking you to bless, encourage, and lift up every person at the sound of my voice. If there's anyone in this room that has walked in here discouraged, encourage them. If there's anybody in this room that has walked in uh, feeling defeated, let them walk out feeling victorious. And if there's anyone going through a struggle that's beyond them, give them the strength to hang on just a little longer. In Jesus' name I pray.